life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Long story, yes, that's where oh. I got the coffee. I like the coffee bean. That's just me. Really? I don't like the coffee bean. Really? I don't like the crunchy ice. Oh, the crunchy when ice. You get the, when you get the, uh, when you get the uh, ice drinks. I used to go to the leaf in tea. That. Is that the same as the coffee bean? The, the tea and leaf? Yes, the, coffee bean, tea, and leaf. Oh, that's the, the same thing? Yeah, that's the part of the name, I think. Oh. Are we on? Because this is gold. Yeah, this is good. This, <laughs> is, gold. <laughs> this is gold right here. You don't want to lose this. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in the Road Stories podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano, coming to you from a lovely Southern California day. We're looking at 72 degrees today. Very excited about it. Mm, wind out of the west? Uh, no, nah, wind out of the... Yeah, wind out of the west. It I was, was just out guessing. Of the east. It was out of the east this morning. You're right underneath the Santa Monica airport. Mm, almost. We're south. We're south of it. Yeah. South enough to not hear the planes, but close enough to take the kid to watch them. Mm. Close enough to smell burning gas during that last plane crash. Really? Do you remember uh, that? We had a plane crash yeah. here, Santa Monica Airport, like two months ago. Really? And before I knew what it was, I was like, what that, what's that smell? Is something burning? I was looking all over my house, uh, and it turned out to be, the, that, sadly, that plane crash. Yeah. Did that increase or devalue uh, house values in the area? <laughs> um, I don't, apparently, in the 80s, there are a lot of, like, because there's a hill over here by the airport, a lot of planes crashed into the hill. There's been, like, 35 plane crashes in that on that in that airport and since like 84 really? or something like that yeah really that's a good record <laughs> it brought my house value down i was able to buy it um what do you have any announcements up front i'm trying to think no we don't so we're gonna get right into some introductions here um i'm very excited to have these guys on the show um one i kind of know one i kind of know We've met. We've met. We've met. Probably. We've met. Um, couple. These are a couple uh, uh, stand-ups from San Francisco area. A um, couple uh, stand-ups turn writers, so you know I love them. Mm-hmm. That's my gig. Uh, Steve Rosenfield. Yes. And Jim Earl joins us today. That's right. Hey, Mari. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming. See, thanks I, for discussing coffee for 20 minutes. <laughs> I used to know, not, not know how to pronounce your name. Mm-hmm. You know, people mistake, you know, get mix up um, Valeriano with Valerian or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I never knew it was, is it Murray or Murray? <laughs> it's Murray. Murphy Volcano. It's Murphy Volcano. It's Mur- it's you know what it is? It's it's Murray if you're uh, of Latino persuasion. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Murai. Murai. Because that A-Y at the end makes oh, yeah. a... Uh, hmm. Here's a, here's a connection I have with Jim Earl. First of all, uh, a couple of years ago, I was producing a pilot and uh, uh, executive producing before throwing labels around. <laughs> <laughs> and I got Jim Earl's name as uh, uh, somebody I should. So I so he did a writing sample, funniest writing sample I have ever wow. read in my I life. I believe it. Heck in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my life. Uh, the network says no, passes on Jim. It says, I don't know. I was hoping to get some like daily daily show writers or something. Oh man! I'm like, really? Why don't you look at the resume? <laughs> That's so, ironic. I know, right? Yeah, you gotta love networks. Uh, both of these guys, uh, very funny stand-ups and very funny writers, written for the Daily Show amongst other things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're here to talk about the early days of the road in San Francisco. You know, I had a question for you because I don't get very many uh, um, stand-up teams. Oh yes, yeah. In here, and it's, sorry. Uh, what was his first name? Barry Lank. I, w- Barry I was Lank. Uh, in a comedy team uh, based on our last names called Lank and Earl. Mm-hmm. Barry Lank, uh, my high school friend, and we got together uh, after we went to uh, UC Berkeley together. Oh, yeah? And we started doing comedy in uh, in San Francisco at the Holy City Zoo in 1985. Holy City Zoo has come up several times on this show. Yeah. Um, it, was a bad- it was a legendary room. Yeah. Uh, at that time, you yeah, know, yeah. in the 70s and 80s, into the early 90s. We all started there, you know. Yeah, a few years later, I met, guys. I met Steve there. Yeah. So, uh, like, who was around and around that time? Oh, boy. Um, Larry Bubbles Brown. Sure. Uh, uh, Stephen Pearl was there. Oh, wow. Um, Jeremy Kramer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Meehan. Mork. 
Mark, Mark was Robin there. Mark Williams was there. Yeah, yeah, Mark yeah. was there. Started alive. there and used to hang out. Even after he was famous, mm-hmm. used to hang out there. Yeah. And so then, because I like know, I know like Greg Barrett, Dave Anthony, Blanket Patch, mm-hmm. Patton, and those guys. Was that mm-hmm. that was probably a little later? Yeah, a little later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were there. Yeah. Dana Patton. Carvey uh, and Paul Poundstone. Oh, sure. Those were in the area. Paul Poundstone lives up the street. Really? really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I say up the street, but it's probably about. Do you know her? Well, you must know her. I don't. You don't I just know, know she lives up the street. <laughs> Does she That's knows? good. I don't know her either. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, hey, Steve Rosenfield says hi. I, Who I, are I, you and who's Steve Rosenfield? <laughs> I last saw, I, I met her a couple times back when I was starting up, but I, I, the first time I saw her was on stage at the uh, Berkeley uh, Square oh, yeah. on University Avenue. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, she, she and A. Whitney Brown were doing an act there. It was like mm-hmm. 80, 84 or 85. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, before... Anything happened. Wait, was it in a club or was it on a stage? It was, it was in a the... club. Oh, okay. It was called the Berkeley Square. Oh, I thought it, it was... was for music. and. Uh... Okay. Yeah. Out of that room. I should say uh, they're trimming trees in my neighborhood uh-huh. today, and I don't know if it's bleeding through. So if you hear any buzz saws or anything in the background, I apologize. There's not much I'm going to be able to do about it today. It makes it more real. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like being on stage and they're mixing a drink, you know? Oh, yeah. Blender. It's a kind yeah, of the yeah. same thing. I always like when they uh, when they get the idea to like serve popcorn or any kind of chip. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing well, you just hear. It's <laughs> <laughs> real quiet except for the machines. Yeah. <laughs> or people are doing the throat shooters in the back, you know, where they they recline you in one of those old uh, barbershop uh, oh, yeah. chairs. <laughs> really? So you're you're vertical, and then somebody would pour a, a shot from a bottle into your. And, and meanwhile, you're trying to do your act. <laughs> I hate when you get those... Th- and that's the headliner. <laughs> I hate when you get those uh, Thailand full body massages going on in the back. It's really distracting where there's two naked yeah. people rubbing oily bodies on each other. Yeah, That's always tough. And they, all, you yeah. know, and they always rub it right at your punchline. Very right at your punchline. Yeah. I'd pay to see that <laughs> again. I have a question about uh, teams. How do you come up with the name? How do you find out who's the first, who gets the first name? Well, you know, it just sounded better, Lank and Earl. It's harder to say Earl and Lank. I think it is harder. Lincoln Earl, Earl. Yeah. Reason, yeah. 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 Oh man, how terrible of a team name would you and I have? Valeriano and that Rosenfield. Valeriano <laughs> Rosenfield or Rosenfield and uh, Valeriano. No, I can't Valeri- even get Valeriano and Rosenfield. Valeriano and Rosenfield. Yeah, yeah we, that we would go stink on tour bad with enough. The... We don't even have to try it. Flip it. <laughs> we can go on tour with uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could just call the Jew and Wop. Oh, there you could <laughs> do a little ethnic act from the <laughs> early 1920s. Jew and Wop. Jew and Wop. A simpler time. A simpler. T- I, I could go. Wow. Ba- I could go both ways on that one because I got the Jewish first name and the Italian last name. Yeah, that's so Mario you go Jew, Jew and like, Wop. Mario does not seem like an Italian. Uh, it's man. not. It's uh, it's actually Gaelic, but the Jews have taken it over. Mm. Like everything else, am I right, <laughs> Steve Rosenfield? <laughs> no, I'm didn't take long to go that way. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> Jim Earl started it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Barry Lank is Jewish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. I've been around uh, Jews a lot since my uh, early upbringing. <laughs> Jim's uncle I, met Hitler. My, why don't you tell that story? My uncle met Hitler. There's, a road, there's a road trip oh, for you. That's a road story from 1923. <laughs> I might want to share with you. He met Hitler and von Hindenburg. How many guys on summer vacation? Met Hitler? Come on. That's a good point. That's a good point. Did he really meet Hitler? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, my uncle died a few years ago. He lived to be uh, 95 or 6. And, uh, wow. Yeah. It was summer vacation at Stanford. <laughs> summer vacation. Summer at Stanford. So his roommate, Mr. Baumgartner, who is, you know, is German or has German relatives still in Berlin. Sure. Say, hey, let's take a trip to Berlin. It's 1928. It's a swing in place. They go there. And Baumgartner uh, uh, meets somebody in this big limo getting out. It's, it's von Hindenburg, the chancellor, uh, current chancellor. And they get out and hug, and they shed some tears over World War One because right. they both had relatives who, who died in it. You know, it was a big tragedy. World War One for a lot of people, as you know. <laughs> anyway, they did that, and so uh, Hindenburg uh, motions over to this guy sitting in the back of the limo, and says, "I'd like you to meet Herr Hitler." And Hitler just kind of turns to the left and goes. <laughs> 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 that was it. And years later, my uh, uncle would talk about that. Uh, just yeah, I met Hitler, and then he would he would just lay into FDR for uh, being a tyrant and a fascist. 
<laughs> that was but his... he met Hitler, but right, Roosevelt right. was. Let, let me tell you about the real D bag. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Uh... Uh, yeah, I had Greg Proops on here not too long ago, and uh, said Lincoln Earl was probably one of the darkest <laughs> acts he has ever seen, mm. <laughs> he has ever witnessed. That may be but true. in a good way. We had a lot. Oh of, yeah, we had a lot of uh, bits centered around death and uh, uh, throat cancer. We had a throat box bit. Oh really? Voice box bit. I'm very familiar with the uh, Russian roulette bit. Yeah, I actually remember seeing that on television. Yes, on one of the evening at the Improvs or or whatever like that. It was back uh, when I was growing up. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, uh, oh God, Jake Johansson uh, hosted for us in New York. We made a trip to New York to film that. That uh-huh. was great. Ron Lynch was there. Oh, Ron Lynch was on that show? or just, Yeah. Oh, awesome. I should look show. that whole thing up. Was that the time that you thought you were going to get on Saturday Night Live, you're going to get an audition, and that never no, happened? No, that was that was 10 years. That was in 87. Okay. <laughs> That's a funny story. No, it's, it's a tragic story. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to talk about oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, God. We as long as we're not, not naming managers well, who, or anybody that we don't want to we name. We thought we were going to have a meeting with uh, Lauren Michaels uh-huh. and submit our material to... Uh, be considered for writers on SNL. So we also had a gig uh, in New York at the Stand Up New York on the Upper uh, West Side. Sure. Still around. And so, you know, we go there for a week and, uh, you know, Lauren Michaels is supposed to come see us, and uh, but he never does. And so we uh, we search out Dana Carvey and go intrude up on him, upon him at his... Uh, his penthouse uh, apartment <laughs> on the lower side of uh, the park and give him this big hand typewritten of, uh, thing of uh, material. Yeah. And uh-huh. you're like, could you give this to Lauren for us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Nice meeting you. <laughs> and that was the last week. <laughs> Michael's never showed up. Right, right. And uh, halfway through the gig, uh, Kerry Hoffman. Uh, Ooh, who, I don't he, know. He's the, uh, the owner of the... Stand the stand of New York. Yeah. Still? I don't know if he is. Oh, okay. I never met him. Halfway through the gig, he comes up and says, um, he does one of these things where he motions over from the back of the room to you with his finger. Mm-hmm. Come here. <laughs> um, maybe you guys uh, should open for the rest of the, rest of the week. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were middling, and it just wasn't going well. We were really middling. Oh, really? Middling. As in middling. Middling. <laughs> <laughs> Now, everybody I've had on from uh, San Francisco and around that area says it was just, it was, and I have, I've had people on from the Chicago scene. I've had people from, from New York scene and the outside of the late 70s, early 80s, New York. I think that San Francisco area you guys came from might be like one of the happeningest comedy. Yeah, that was a great scene in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. In the 80s especially. Yeah, yeah. I remember Kevin Kataoka saying like you could make your living as an MC up there. Just jumping around from club to club in the satellite rooms. Yeah. Well, I didn't, but many. But I'm. You well, know, you're I'm much funnier than Kevin, so it's. <laughs> I started later than uh, Kevin, but uh, you know, yeah, Kevin was great. He was one of the first guys I met mm-hmm. back then, and uh, yeah, I mean, there was great. There was a lot of rooms. There was uh, good money. Uh, even further down on the on the totem pole, there was definitely there was definitely work, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was very exciting. Yeah, there was a lot of it was. Uh, yeah, everybody. It was everybody from the rest of the country came to san mm-hmm. francisco right. for that you know people from boston like uh, dana yeah. gould and ron lynch and kevin uh, meany came out kevin, yeah oh yeah of course and people from seattle would come yeah. down to san francisco and in new york and yeah. just move there yeah. boston and san francisco were considered like the best comedy scenes i think at, yeah, at that time. i haven't had much from boston outside like people who didn't re- like brian kiley and later on like mm-hmm. that orny adams he came much later mm-hmm. but i haven't had many boston yeah comics on I don't know why. Does it still happen in Comedy Town? I've never. Uh, I've been to Boston once in my life. I'm I sure think. it's changed quite a bit. The yeah. rooms have changed quite a bit. Uh, I'm. It's, I'm sure it's still going, but yeah. it's not like. But uh, San Francisco is not what it was 20 years ago, as far as comedy. I mean, it's a different. I'm sure they still. Some people still do well. There's Cobb's is like a huge room now, and sure. we work there in the 90s. A different room now. It's this big room for national headliners. Different feeling to it. I haven't been there, but it's like a big room, mm-hmm. and uh, the punchline is still there. But uh, the feeling is different. Uh, Johnny Steele was telling me a while back that the audiences have gotten dumber 
in San Francisco. I mean, uh, which I believe that yeah. audiences maybe everywhere are just not as intellectual. There was more of the, the audiences were smarter, I think, back in the 80s and 90s. I think, and I'm just talking about the Bay Area, but right. I, I believe that's true and that's changed probably. Mm-hmm. How far did you travel out of the Bay Area when you were traveling? Um, I did, uh, I didn't travel a lot, but I did, uh, one nighters in the, in, mm-hmm. you know, up in Northern California. I went up to Oregon, I think, uh, once I was in, uh, the furthest away, I think was probably Elko, Nevada. Played the Red Lion Casino. Elko, Nevada? Elko, Nevada. Have Never you ever heard of it. There? Never heard of it. Don't go. <laughs> uh, Those are the longest I've ever spent bombing. Really? Like five nights. I bombed every night. <laughs> It was very weird because I was followed by a band. A band would play. Uh And they wanted to kind of keep people in the room to hear the band. So I would finish. I would bomb. And then I would bring on the the middle act and then the the headliner. And then I would come back. And then I would introduce. And I would sing a song. This is What, you would sing a song? I'd sing a song. Like the the leader of the band. I don't know if I ever told you the story. The leader of the band. Well, I love to sing. And I have a very good voice, by the way. I can tell. And my CD's coming out never. But, uh, you have a gentle, uh, womanly-like voice. And my hands are very soft. Yes. But we don't have time for like that. Like the elephant man's hand. <laughs> Every one, day's work of my life. One hand was a very beautiful hand of his mom's. <laughs> so it was a horrible uh, room. Nobody laughed at anything. Sure. I did. Um, but, um, but the band leader said one, you know, like the first night, he said, you know, it'd be great if you could do something with the band. I don't know why he thought I would sing. I don't right, know right. where that came from. But he said, you know, it'd be great if you could sing. <laughs> yeah. well, you're, you're not doing well doing, you're no not making idea. people laugh. Maybe you could sing. <laughs> yeah, or run for your life. Yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. good too. So I would, so I said, well, we'll just, so we worked up a song is like to transition into the band and everyone gets up and goes back to the slot machines anyway. You right, know? sure. So I sang Honky Tonk Women. Oh, all right. And I sang it every night. <laughs> I would bomb and two two shows on Friday and Saturday, and then and then I'd sing Hongi Talk Women. The show was over. Fortunately for us, I have my guitar with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and this one is called. You know, that's amazing. Just talky yeah. talk woman. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we only worked up one song. Right. Well, I understand. And I did the song, and I was I was rocking. Yeah, yeah. I was shredding that. If I had yeah. been if I had been you, I would have sung "Turd on the Run," <laughs> <laughs> which I was. <laughs> that would have been more appropriate. Good Rolling Stones joke. Right. That's a great deep <laughs> reference. A deep, really good deep cut. Yeah. yeah. Deep. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Bobby and Casino sucks. Hmm? Bombing in casinos sucks. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It's a bad feeling. It's, yeah. I know, it's so fun. I guess we're going on because I just did a week in Vegas a couple weeks ago. And actually, those shows were really good. I was really expecting it to be bad, but um, it's just very hard. And I don't know why I'm bringing this up again because we've talked about it every episode. Yeah. Making the guy who just lost five grand laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're never, it's. No, the five grand was, uh, was really good. <laughs> good to have it. Did you ever bomb for five nights in a row? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, Way you went all the way the to Canada, didn't you, to bomb there? Canada, an Vancouver, island Vancouver Island. You know, I, we had, we had, there was this big week and a half tour of uh, of Canada, and we mm-hmm. thought, yeah, Canada is great. You know, uh, Vancouver, and we the Vancouver city that was great. But then you go on to Vancouver. why were you thinking Canada would be great? Just out of curiosity. Well, Vancouver, we already always heard great things about Vancouver City. Oh, okay, you know, because it's it's near Seattle, and they're mm-hmm. both great places to. Have good uh, crowds, intelligent mm-hmm. people, and uh, we need that for our act because uh, we just uh, we just have a lot of stupid references in our act that are gratuitously <laughs> self-indulgent, <laughs> and we need people to understand them. But Vancouver Island is a completely different world. It's it's like uh, the what's his brothers with the. A beer A what the SCTV uh, oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Rick Moran I was just talking about those guys um, yeah Joe series. Flaherty yeah it's just like it's like that well like, we go up there it's, Dave it's, Thomas it's like Dave six, Thomas yeah six nights uh, Port Alberni uh, that's where they have the bathtub races but the whole thing is uh, half the island is clear cut we'll come back to the bathtub races yeah, please do you're <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> the only way they make a living in uh, in that part of Canada I think Vancouver Island is uh, Raping the environment, okay. <laughs> just destroying the wood, the, the all of the old growth uh, woods. Right. So they hate uh, the environment. They hate spotted owl. Sure. Because spotted owl keeps them from 
cutting, destroying the environment. Right. And they hate uh, themselves. They don't like Canada. They want to be part of America. So we go up there and we do some jokes making fun of America. It was near the Bork hearings, I Mm -hmm. think. So we're having fun with that. And uh, they hated us. It's four days of this, five days of this, and go from the remotest areas on Earth, and they just... And now these two guys from San Francisco, first 30 seconds... Go home, fag. <laughs> Hi, work. Go home, fag. <laughs> and the uh, guy we brought up, uh, he uh, dressed in a leather uh, wife beater, a sleeveless uh, wife beater, I guess, and with a big boy knife. A leather wife beater? Yeah, it was, it was leather, and he had leather all over. Okay. And a boy knife, sure. big thing. You could see strapped to his uh, his belt. They they loved him. They hated us. Oh, I'm sorry. He followed you. Yes, we oh. brought him up. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. He was the headliner. Yes. Yeah. Because there's no way we could have uh, <laughs> done that. And then uh, halfway through the gig, uh, the the guy who booked it says, "Oh, by the way, uh, before you leave, you're going to have to give give me my cut <laughs> of all your earnings." What are you corrupt, sir? <laughs> Yeah, we did, you know. So we get into this gig, unbeknownst to us, we got to give a huge percentage of what we made in this. To the booker who's making money by booking the show. Yes. You also have to give him. You're getting $100 a night, but you're giving 25 him on top of what he's already making for being the booker. Right. And it's double wow. dipping. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. maybe we're getting 75 a night. That's right. 37.50 a piece cuz we're a comedy team. Yeah. And uh I just want 100 for the easy math. Yeah, <laughs> you had to break it down to seventy five. I got to break up my calculator now. That's lame, and that's super lame. Yeah, and I'm, we uh, we wanted to just go back home uh, halfway through the gig. We just said, you know, there was a ferry going from the south end of the island to back to Seattle, I think, and we just thought, why don't we just get on this ferry now? <laughs> go, go home. <laughs> it's so easy to do bridge. to flee. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, they're still. Do- I don't know if they're doing this, but there uh, a lot of clubs will take a percentage of your CD sales. Really, really, yeah. That is so. That's wrong. Wrong and cheap and unethical mm-hmm. and mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. I won't sell anything when I go to those. So I just I'll eat it, just so I don't have to give them any no, money. Absolutely not. Yeah. Now listen, I hear about how great San Francisco was. There had to have been some shitty gigs in San Francisco. Oh, absolutely, many of them. They could have been all carrying you out on their shoulders every night out of the holy city zoo praising you erecting statues of you and <laughs> well within the city limits the rooms were good yeah were pretty good but yeah. then outside you know petaluma uh uh the sweet river saloon you remember that yeah the nitty-gritty uh, the nitty-gritty doc lounge in vallejo where else doc ricketts doc ricketts doc ricketts stayed around that. forever yeah that's now uh Maybe it might be Gemini or something like that, Doc Ricketts. It was like yeah. Monterey area? Yeah, it was uh, Yeah, it was uh, Monterey. I did hmm. Doc Ricketts, so it's been around for a while. Yeah. I think it's closed down now. I never heard of it. But anything outside of the little town of San Francisco, you were in bumpkin zone. Yeah. You were in danger zone. <laughs> Except maybe in, uh, in Berkeley on the campus itself. Yeah. There was a great uh, gig in the Bears Lair. Bear, Bear's yeah, Lair. It was, it was a once. bar for uh, yeah. the students, and they were all smart and funny, mm-hmm. and they didn't yell stuff. And then, then one year, suddenly, that all changed, and they're all drunk mm-hmm. and throwing stuff and yelling. And throwing it was stuff because uh, suddenly all the frats and the sororities came in there. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, that changed it. Ooh, what have you had thrown at you? Uh, ice cups. Cups. Ice is a good one. Yeah. Steve, I've never had anything thrown at me. Hold on. <laughs> I so wanted to come in here with a story about it. He threw a bottle at my head. Right, I know. And, you know, I had sex with a waitress right. or anybody. That would have been, I really wanted to. Uh, that's one reason I went into show business was to have sex with a waitress. And it never happened. Oh, so no. I'm disappointed. Never. I had a comic on. He's like, I'm really sorry I don't have, you know, banging waitresses stories. I'm like, none of us do. Yeah. <laughs> Unless Jim That's Rimmel. a relief. I thought you guys were the era that did all that because now a waitress won't even look at you. Even if you just want to order a drink, they're oh, like, really? I'm not allowed to talk to you. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. They passed legislation? Yeah. It's unclearly, yeah. <laughs> There's always one like, guy that banged all the waitresses right, when right. he was in town. And now I can't get a drink. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just, I just did a half hour on my wife and my kid. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to get you to bed. I just want a Corona. You know? uh-huh. 
Mm. Everybody else on the on the bill with us would have sex in the comedy condo. We, you know, the, we had comedy condos back. Then. Sure, sure. And this one night in Arizona, uh, Barry and I get back, you know, and we're tired. We start f- fixing dinner, and then you know we go to our respective rooms, and uh, and the the middle or the headliner comes in with uh, with this woman <laughs> waitress waitress i don't know who it was somebody from the audience mm-hmm. and all we can hear from our you know behind our doors is uh stuff like uh get the, get that thing away from me <laughs> uh, come come on honey come on come on get get that thing in your pants <laughs> get that thing away from you and then the uh about 3 hours later it's all over with i guess <laughs> And then uh, some guy comes and knocks on the door, uh, and uh, she goes away with him and uh, drives off with the, this guy. And so we ask the comic, whose name will go unnamed, mm-hmm. Kevin who Kanoka. was that? Oh, yeah, that was her husband. <laughs> he knew about it. He just, yeah, I'm going to take my wife to uh, wow. bang this. Uh, That's a stable marriage. Wow. That is a, the only thing better I would have loved to have heard out of that room is... Uh, so do you think this is funny? <laughs> so I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> but that shows how big comedy was at that time, that yeah. comics could, could score right, right. on the basis of, you know. There was that period, which I'm sure you know, when people would go to comedy clubs and not know who the acts were going to be. Mm-hmm. They went to see comedy. You'd be like, oh, no, see, go to a movie theater to see a movie. Right, right. Yeah. It, was enter- it was the generic, it was comedy. And yeah. People would go and see it because it was, it, it was huge. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Steve, I don't want to point you out, but Jim brought notes. Notes? Yeah. Oh, I just... Well, well, we- I, brought, well I have notes in the car, but I wasn't going to bring them with me, which I thought <laughs> would look like I was worried. <laughs> I like when comics bring notes. Not everybody does, Steve. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, well, I, I had, you know... I called up Barry. Ask me anything, Murray. <laughs> my life's an open book. <laughs> Why do you think you didn't get laid, really? Does it come from inside? Is I had some issues. issues. Yeah, I, had, I thought I had so. Some, I had some I thought, issues, yeah. Maybe it I wasn't so much anger. the waitresses as it was Steve. Well, uh, you know, I needed to get right with Steve, I think, <laughs> before I could molest anybody. <laughs> um, what were you saying, Jim? Did I interrupt you? Oh, I was just saying I have so many notes because I asked Barry uh, via Facebook, hey, I can't remember anything. And then he reminded me of all Oh, nice. So I, Barry's here in things. spirit. He is. He is. Well, you should tell some, some stories, you know. Ah, well, Jesus. How well, I remember one. I don't want to get in the way of your... No, go ahead. Steve. Well, I remember please. that because Jim has told me, Jim and Barry have told me some very, very funny stories yeah. over the years. But you, you had a gig where they thought you were a ventriloquist act, right? Oh, yes. We, <laughs> we drive, you know, how you, you send a, a press packet to the, the club owner. Sure. Guy who books a few clubs and um, has our 8x10 and, you know, our resume and everything. So we... We those days, we, yeah, we got in the car and we drove all the way from San Francisco to freaking Savannah, Georgia. Holy oh crap! God. Yeah, without, maybe, without without any gig in between. Maybe there was a gig uh, in Texas. Uh, wow, that's it. Yeah, we get there. Oh, so you went down and across then? Yes. Whew. Yeah. Well, the first time we ever had a gig out of state like that was in Oklahoma City. We drove from San Francisco to Oklahoma City for a week with Tony Kameen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I kicked him out of the car on (laughs) I-40 and stomped on his uh, wax whistle he got (laughs) at Union 76. Well, that's a different story. (laughs) We'll have to have Tony on to defend his wax whistle purchase. (laughs) (laughs) It was was the most annoying thing. Why are you getting this wax whistle for a six-hour trip we got to (laughs) take? I'm driving, and he's sitting behind me. So I get out and I say, hey, hey, can I see this, Tony? <laughs> oh, sure, Jim. Thanks. Crunch. <laughs> You're not going to bug me with that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but we get to Savannah and the guy looks at us and goes, wait a minute, you are a duo? Yeah. Well, I thought you were a ventriloquist act, you know? <laughs> we just thought one of us was a dummy. <laughs> From our 8x10. Both of our faces are in the 8x10. I think, was that the 8x10 where one of you was standing way back or something? The other one was standing up close? Maybe. The one where you're sitting on his lap? No. (laughs) That never happened. (laughs) Which one did they think was the dummy? 
I don't know. We didn't ask. <laughs> I guess it's better not to ask. Because then we had to spend the next three nights trying to get a second microphone, which is another big thing. Every, we oh, yeah. got to make sure you have two mics. Otherwise, the, the act is dead. Oh, yeah. That makes sense, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's stinks. Too bad. So many rooms, I think, had a minimal concept of what the PA requirements would be. Yeah. You know, you have bad sound. There's just one mic or mm-hmm. bad lighting. Because a lot of places, I'm sure, try to cash in on the comedy boom. Sure. And they didn't take a lot of time to make it a, make it a decent room. Yeah. They were just bringing people in because people would come to see comedy in all these Stockton kind of places or wherever, Fremont and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, hear, I mean, I, I know so many great comics that come out of... San Francisco in that era and the, and the era after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there had to have been some. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't oh, want yeah. you to name names, but there <laughs> had to. I, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? I mean, because I just you know, so I look at you guys and mm-hmm. Paul Poundstone and all, you know, and then the next oh, yeah. wave and they're all great comics, oh, man, yeah. you know, and they've just got to, it couldn't have just been people oh, yeah. pooping gold every night. God, you know? no. That was, that was what's great. What was great about the holy city zoo because it was like seven nights of comedy and and barry and i would have would run run our own open mics and mm-hmm. we would find the the worst uh comics we possibly could oh, yeah. that we've seen throughout the week to have mm-hmm. them on our show it's the lankin earl freak show right? yeah it was a sunday night show yeah and yeah. so it would be like mystery science theater 3000 watching you had fun watching Bad comics, yeah, right? And it wasn't in a snobby way either. It was celebrating their badness. <laughs> Some of them. However, were, you want to justify uh, you know, it, Jim. However, you want to justify it. <laughs> Some of them were uh, mentally ill. To be fair, sure. To them, Stephen Pearl tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of great uh, successful comics are mentally, mentally ill. ill yeah, that's that's true. true. So that's not necessarily. I think the show business is uh, like the last frontier of uh, mentally of, ill uh, bipolar. People. Well, you know, they, if there wasn't show business, where would they be? Where would I be? Where would you be? I would be unemployed like I am now. <laughs> we all have problems. But some of us are funny, which is a saving grace. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. going to have mental problems, you should be funny. Sure, of course. <laughs> that helps a lot. I think Hitler yeah, proved that. <laughs> so what other uh, casino gigs did you do back in the day? Uh, I think that might have been the only casino gig, but I had a lot of uh, one-nighters at uh, Hollywood Bar and Grill. I used to do that in Fremont. Where's it- Fremont? Fremont, California? No one knows, yeah. yeah okay. I don't even know. It's on the green line of the BART. That's all I would know. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, the Bay. things that stand out in my mind when I was trying to think of stories was things that stand out in my mind. Because, you know, I've kept a log of every set I've ever done. You have not. Time. Yes, I've kept a log of every set. Really? Yeah. yeah it's about. Is. Yeah. That's am- I love when people do that. I yeah. don't do that, but I love yeah. when people do that. I think that's amazing. And I was looking through it and I was looking at listings of Fremont mm-hmm. and Vallejo and I couldn't remember what the rooms looked like. But there's certain rooms I do remember, right. certain things I do remember. But I remember playing the Hollywood Bar and Grill. I think Bob Moore was the um was the booker. Okay. And uh legendary booker yeah. by the way. Bob really? Moore gigs were legendary. I don't yes. know the Solely name. because of him. He but, was, uh, well, I don't know if we can say that he had a drug problem. but No, you can't say that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he did. <laughs> but everyone well, right, well, we problem. just won't say it. We yeah, just won't we, say it. I'm not going to say he had a drug okay. problem. I don't know the man. I, I you, know, you know, the people used to say things about certain people. He was robbed once and uh, was tied up. Tied up. I heard uh, that story. Uh, it was a, a kind of a drug deal. A drug Gone wrong. robbery. Allegedly? <laughs> oh, it's a dr- yes. allegedly. We'll just throw allegedly you in there. say allegedly and everything's fine. The things I remember, though, are that, you know, Bob, that you could get a meal. I always remembered where I got a meal. <laughs> and I'm getting, yeah. you know. That is the I'm, true comic right there. Because, <laughs> you know, Sweet River Saloon, I got, I got uh, the um, Mexican food. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sweet <laughs> River Saloon gigs. Enchiladas. Yes. I would remember the food more than the show. Right, right. You know, I would get through the show, and then I'd eat the food. Oh, I'm on again? Okay, I'll come back. <laughs> but I remember, Bob, I had a, ste- I had a steak. I ordered a steak. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go up. So I'm, I'm eating my steak, and then I go up and I do my set, and I come back. Bob Moore's eating my steak. <laughs> <laughs> he's eating my steak. I said, come on. <laughs> well, he's got to take oh, his cut. Yeah, the guess, he took his cut. <laughs> took my cut. So I'm thinking, you know, there's no, this this that doesn't make any sense anymore. Who eats someone else's food, you know? Right. So that was the kind of way you'd get treated. <laughs> I really love the Sweet River Saloons. All the... They're this chain of restaurants, and, and Bob Moore used to book them, and somebody else did after that. But the sound system, there wasn't a real sound system. You, they plugged in the, the, the mics into 
and, and the sound came out of the speakers in the uh, in the ceiling. Oh, really? So it's like the the uh, Muzak speakers. Right, right. And so it'd wow. be like uh, you, you, the whole act would be like you're speaking through a, a Jack in the Box speaker. Everybody doing tonight? Transistor radio. <laughs> There's uh, a, a lot of that bad yeah. sound, I think. Yeah, but you got a meal, so it all makes up for it. The meal really did make up for it. <laughs> and I remember one night at the Sweet River, speaking of like scoring with audience members or something, one uh, of the few times that I got a shot. You know, these two women came up to me after the show and they started talking to us. And I had to go because I, I, I didn't have a car then, which really hurts when, oh, yeah. when you're on the road. Not having a car is, is miserable, you know. Uh, not to mention everyone in San Francisco used to give me a hard time about hitting them up for rides that became famous oh yeah i became as famous for hitting people up for rides as for my act or anything <laughs> oh that's the guy that hits you up for rides. but i remember yeah these two women came over and finally i was gonna i was gonna get some you know but i was with derek leonard you're romantic who was, a, who, was an, <laughs> who was a fundamentalist christian oh, really? Derek's a great guy but he was yeah he was not gonna swing and so we had to go home. And so it was like the one time, one of the few times that there was a, something happening. And I had my ride. I had to go. So that was very frustrating. <sighs> well, you don't need a car in San Francisco, right? No. I took the bus for years. Yeah, yeah. It was very easy, but I, I never had a car. And it was always like... I had a, ch- a real good chance once in Garberville. That's northern. That's northern. Well, who doesn't? If you strike out in Garberville, get out of the business. Yeah, really? <laughs> You're kidding. You don't know who, what Garberville is, do you? No, I don't. Oh, it's one of these great uh, little hippie towns up north of San Francisco a couple hours. Oh, north. really? Yeah, on the 101 or something. But it's a, it's, for some reason, it's a lesbian enclave <laughs> of uh, you know, pot-smoking really? lesbians. And we I go up there and we do uh, our gig in this little theater. 1920s theater and then afterwards we're in the pool uh, hall there, yes pool hall it's a cliche sure. but, uh, pool tables lesbians playing pool yes and, one of, <laughs> and, Bar, and Barry tells me yeah I think that that woman over there says she'd uh, change her sexual persuasion for you Jim wow and I don't remember anything after that really <laughs> I don't think anything no, nothing happened <laughs> He woke up on the street I woke the up yeah, next day. Missing a kidney. Mm-hmm. We had to go eat. We had a free meal. <laughs> had a, somewhere yeah, eat. That was always more important, the free Food meals. always wins, I think. You know, but. you can get away with a lot with food. I remember I was dating a comedian here early on, and uh, Wolfgang Puck, his wife, opened a sushi restaurant in Beverly Hills, and it was not doing well. And uh, so she decided to have stand-up comedy because <laughs> that would really boost the uh, the patronage yeah. of, a, of a sushi place in Beverly Hills. But she paid us like, I don't know, 20 bucks and all the sushi we wanted. Wow. In so we go up to you know bomb for, for sure. 12 minutes for and sure. just stuff our face full of sushi and get drunk on sake. Yeah. It was great. It's a shame it didn't last. How long did it last? I did it twice, uh-huh. so it must have lasted maybe two months. The stand-up part, yeah. I don't know how long the restaurant lasted. But the sound system, they had a sound system outside as well as inside, so uh-huh. people were just walking along out here. What's up with traffic? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Beverly Hills. Oh, Remember man. that room in Colma? It's a Sunday night room. I wish I, I was just looking at Colma, the, yeah. I was just looking at my notes for that. But Colma, uh, was it Brian Leonard? Mm-hmm. That weather guy or something? He had a room. His wife ran weather the room. Weather guy? Brian Leonard, I think, was that? It was a was he a weather guy. guy? Yeah, he was a weather guy in San Francisco, okay. local guy. And there was this room in Colma. And uh, no, the reason I brought it up is because they had deviled eggs. <laughs> so Sunday nights, the sets were okay. It was, it was a nice audience. It was like kind of a cafe, kind of a, it was kind of a cozy room. Right. But I remember the deviled eggs vividly. And I said, oh, we're going to get deviled eggs tonight. <laughs> I wish I could remember the name of the room. You know the room? There was a no, room, I don't, but I remember the Sunday Col- night room Colma. in Colma. Don't remember the name of it, but I remember the the eggs. Colma is surrounded by the, I think the largest cemetery in in yeah. California. Or it's a series of cemeteries. Yeah. Really, City yeah. of the Dead they used to call it. Colma, yeah. City of the Dead. Yeah. Probably the property values were fairly low. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> you know what I like about you know what thing about uh, deviled eggs is or stuffed eggs as we call them in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Two are great. Three you want to throw up. <laughs> I those first two are awesome. That third mm-hmm. one's hard to choke down. Yeah, that's why you want to put hummus. In in the egg whites halves 
instead of egg. It's just to vary it up. Really? Hummus, yes. Mm-hmm. It's not as uh, heavy, mm-hmm. not as bad for you. I have another question. Have I been pronouncing hummus wrong my whole life? Uh, I think it's it, people pronounce it both ways. I always ways. call it hummus. Hummus, I hummus. I okay. call it hummus. All right. It doesn't come up that much for me, so no? I'm, not, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Didn't work a lot of uh, middle, uh, middle Mediterranean rooms. Uh, rooms. None. That right, I no know Mediterranean of. rooms out no. there in San Francisco that gave uh, you a free baklava or anything? I don't think they booked Jews. Ah. <laughs> oh, that, well, that turned problem. really quickly, Steve. I see where this is <laughs> I played, going now. I, played, I pushed the Jew button again. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's usually Jim usually does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food in the side. I'm a vegetarian. Hey, I'm a vegetarian also. Yeah, I've been you know I've been a ve- vegetarian for a few decades now. How long? Because I've been for since '83, '82. Right. Well, you got me. I've been since like '94. So traveling in the South, the only places you can eat, are you search out Denny's because mm-hmm. they have you can have egg whites or you know salads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, you know that's about it. So uh, I think it was uh, Little Rock we played. Little Rock, Arkansas, and uh, the second time we were there after a period of two years, uh, we found this Middle Eastern place in the middle Middle Rock. It was right in the, you know, you wouldn't expect to find this falafel place there. Right, right. So we go in there, and the guy looks lonely. (laughs) (laughs) That happens now and then. And he looks at us hopefully, but warily, you know, like, oh, geez, what are they going to ask for? And it turns out, you know, people would come in there and ask, and what's this? Oh, that's tabbouleh. What's in that? Oh, uh, you know, grains and, and parsley and everything. Can you put hamburger on that? <laughs> <laughs> and the poor guy, that was it. You know, that's all you would get. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't think he lasted long there. Really food, food heavy, food heavy show today, Steve. I've well, noticed. I get hungry. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I apologize. I usually have uh, bagels or something oh, yeah, for you guys. I promise. Well, I did, cool. and I apologize. Well, I don't, okay. but that's I did okay. get. That's okay. I'll take you out after we go to Denny's. I'm a vegetarian too. It's very rough on the road. It is to eat. It's very rough on the road. I find I have to find places that I clubs I frequent, and I got to find that one restaurant or something I can go to. Yeah. But I've literally had people say, like, I order the vegetable soup. I'm like, is there any meat in that? No, just bacon. Yeah, <laughs> you know, literally, that was a literal. I've got that before. Just bacon, just chicken, just fish. Those yeah, are yeah. meats. Yeah, those are meats, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want somebody in Covington, Kentucky. It's a, it's a right on the the river. Uh, you go over, you cross the river. You're in hell. You, <laughs> the other side of the river, it's a nice little uh, college town and everything. But uh, one guy argued with me forever about there's no such thing as vegetarian chili. How do you make vegetarian <laughs> chili? <laughs> well, you leave out the meat. What do you mean? <laughs> You know, what is chili to you? Just a big bowl of meat? Right, right. With some sauce on it, I guess. You a vegetarian? Oh, not at all, no. Uh, no, I eat too much. Yeah? I overeat, and I've been trying to lose the same 30 pounds for the last uh, eight years. I think you look great. Oh, thank you, Mari. Since so the last you. time I've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> when did we meet? I, I'm not sure. We, we think we narrowed it down to a place called the Fake Gallery Oh, the Fake Gallery. Yeah, we should plug the Fake Gallery. Yeah, the Fake Gallery does a lot of good stuff. It does. They've been doing a lot of... Uh, cool shows for many years a lot of san francisco guys because steve yes. kozlowski paul, paul, paul kozlowski sorry yeah. paul you're probably listening a boston guy who it, moved to san francisco did you guys know each other back then i didn't know him in, you know i met him in san francisco like okay. over 20 years ago and then i when i was in new york he was in new york and then he was out in la so we've lived in several of the same cities okay, but cool. he's done comedy in like five different cities yeah, yeah. he was in a, a, a comedy trio in san francisco after oh yeah with tom kenny dan spencer and himself called uncle stinky's dipsy doodle review yeah oh really yeah i know tom kenny i don't know who was the second guy dan spencer great san francisco comic, comic. yeah he works for, uh, it has been working for uh, Mork. Oh, okay. For, as a personal assistant uh, for a couple decades now. How does, uh, how does Robin like when you call him Mork? He, he thinks it's funny. Oh, he does? <laughs> <laughs> he never gets tired of that. <laughs> no, really, he, you know, he doesn't have any problem with it from friends. I mean, from people who know. Right, right. You know, he knows me off and on for over the years. <laughs> He's still, you guys, oh, I guess you guys are. Not really doing stand-up anymore, but there's that great Mill Valley uh, theater. The Throckmorton. Oh, yeah. No, I want to do that. Oh, yeah? I would do that room. I've heard okay. great, great yeah. things about that room, yeah. yeah. Throckmorton. Right. I haven't been able to schedule the right time up there yet, but I yeah. hear it's great. 
And Robin lives around the corner. That's why I bring it up. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. So oh. he always shows I've up. I've heard great things about that room, yeah. Well, the Spencers live up there, too. Dan Spencer, uh-huh. Becky, Rebecca, who used to uh, manage the uh, Holy City Zoo. That's how oh, really? That was Robin Williams. and yeah. Mm-hmm. So is comedy seven nights a week there? It was, yes. At the Holy City Zoo. Yeah. Was it a club or was it a restaurant? Club. It was, it a, was club. a straight club. It was club. strictly a club. It was okay. a small club. What was the seating capacity of that? Maybe 40. No, I think probably 48. 70. No, I think it was 48. Really? Yeah. And it was a comedy club since the, the, the mid-70s. Mid-70s. Oh, wow. It closed in 93. Mm-hmm. So it's been gone a long time, but uh, a lot of people uh, came out of there. In fact, in the, the bar in that location now is back to doing comedy a few nights a week. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So actually, uh, Robin Williams, a while back, went to that room and did a set there, which is Yeah, he goes there. I, I, was, I was there last summer and did a set. Uh-huh. And Steve Pearl came up, and Robin Williams and Dan Spencer. It was like old home uh, week. The Dirty Tricks uh, Saloon, I think it's yeah. called now. I should call Stephen Pearl and have him on. Oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I know him from doing shows with him, but I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. But he, that guy's always intrigued me. Oh, he would have. He goes way back. Incredible in the stories. Scene, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I should call him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's a little off, isn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we say off? <laughs> <laughs> used to have the big uh, Northwest drive all the way up through uh, Eureka and then Seattle and then Spokane through Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Jeez. And which was uh, a hotbed of, uh, and still is, hotbed of... Um, Nazism? Nazi militarism, uh, white supremacy. Well, In Idaho? Uh, militia. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Coeur d'Alene, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. For a while, it was Oregon. Barry had a, f- a lot of fun with that. Some of those beautiful country in the U.S. is just full of Nazis. In hatred, yeah. Yeah, a lot of hatred, but beautiful trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful and and scary. In Missoula, uh, on that same trip, and uh, I think think it was Missoula, uh, somebody in the audience just uh, was talking about San Francisco, and the the phrase was, everybody out there is just uh, cow fuckers and queers. (laughs) (laughs) So we're up there doing our, you know, relativity... uh, (laughs) <laughs> brothers <It's Right>. <laughs> <laughs> all our stupid uh, kind of uh, kind of uh, you know heady stuff and these people have the swastikas heady wasn't heady to us but it was <laughs> it just wasn't the act that they yeah. wanted right right you know it was all crowd control in those gigs yeah and uh, drinking getting the audience to drink Getting them to drink? Yes. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah seriously. How hard did you have to try to get that kind of audience to well, drink? Well, we never did. So that's why we didn't do well. But uh-huh. uh, the managers would come up all these places to say, uh, look, the audience isn't buying drinks while you're up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to do something. And we, what do we do? <laughs> right. well, how do you? Hey, uh, for the next five minutes, grasshoppers are three ninety nine. People? See, I would think that if you were bombing, the audience would be drinking more yeah. to get some kind of entertainment out of the evening. I, don't, I think they want people, you know, some acts would go up there with a shot and, you know, hey, how are everybody doing? Glug, glug, glug. I'm with you. I'm one of you. Right. And oh, yeah. everybody would start drinking. Matching you round for round. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, would I'm, you consider that pandering? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what stand up is in its, in its purest form? So, Steve, when you got the call. Mm hmm. For this show. For the Daily Show. Oh, no, this for show. this show. Okay, right. No, this is much be more exciting right. than getting the call for the Daily Show. I'm sorry. This, when you got the call for this show, mm-hmm. first of all, after you were like, wow, mm-hmm. uh, it was very exciting. What was the first gig that popped into your mind? The first gig popped into my mind? Yeah. Well, uh, I thought about Elko a lot. Yeah. Because uh, they hated me. And um, I thought of that. And I thought of uh, uh, Eureka. Mm-hmm. I played Eureka. You know, uh, up in Northern California. And I remember, uh, you know, trying to connect with the audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first night, I, I went way too long. In fact, I guess I went so long that the middle act insisted the next day that I go out and buy a watch. <laughs> <laughs> so I would know that I, you know, when my time was up. So right, I got right. a cheap uh, Timex watch that I treasured and wore for years later. But I remember making a big mistake, which is like a rookie mistake, but it's a mistake that you wouldn't know that you were making. Whereas I said, say, do you guys grow pot here? You know, because, were, you know, Eureka was famous for growing pot. Sure. And uh, everyone said, oh, I don't know, do we grow pot? I don't, you know, and, and like they didn't particularly care for that one way or the other. Then after the first set, the manager said, hey, don't talk about people growing pot. 
because everyone's growing pot. Nobody wants to talk about it. Oh. Who knew that you weren't supposed to talk about it? Everyone's growing pot, and they all have guns. Right. You know? Oh, wow, yeah. You know, in case the uh, revenors come or something. Sure. I guess. The revenors. So that was a case of like trying to connect with the audience, and what do you get? You end up getting nothing for it. So, you know, <laughs> that would happen a lot. Call you're, it my you're, career. You're known for trying to connect for with the audience. For up short. <laughs> Plus, I didn't get laid, so it was a real wash. And no dinner. Yeah. The worst gig ever. No dinner. Yeah. Here's how far we've come in life since that set. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working the Bray Improv last weekend, and I was going down the road, DUI checkpoint, which mm-hmm. I'm fine. I don't drink and drive. Uh, before, and it was 5.30 on a Thursday. Who's got a... If you're drunk at 5.30 on a Thursday, you've got bigger problems than a DUI. Absolutely. Anyway, they stopped me. Sir, have you been drinking? I'm like, no, I have not. He's like, okay, great. Um, do you smoke marijuana for medicinal purposes? Really? I was like, no, I don't. I don't smoke marijuana at all. But I thought that's weird that they asked that now on a DUI checkpoint. Yeah. That's a weird question. Well, yeah, say no. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I'm not going to make that mistake again. Well, I don't you know, think there's a all, test for that anyway, is there? Is there I some kind of weird there are test? instruments for, for alcohol and a pot oh, really? on, on the location are not accurate. So uh-huh. always say no. Get uh-huh. tested if they take you in. Get uh-huh. tested at the uh, downtown. Oh, okay. Where they you know handcuff you and uh, put you in a cell with a very uh, rambunctious <laughs> mean man. Bald, big bald. <laughs> What's <man>. his name? <laughs> Did you keep in touch? <laughs> Murray. <laughs> Murray. Yeah, there's no intimidating person named Murray ever. Murray. <laughs> Murray the cop from The Odd Couple was a, was a great character. Remember Murray the cop? Let me tell you something. There, since the 60s, and I might have said this before, there has been a Murray on popular television every decade. There was really? Murray from Mary Tyler Moore, oh, which right. was before my time. There was Murray, that was the 60s, Murray's on The, on the Odd Couple, mm-hmm. Al Molinaro, right. also yeah. Al from... Right. Uh, the 80s was Murray Bazinski off a of Riptide or Simon and Simon, one okay. of those two. The 90s was Murray the Dog on Mad About You. Oh, yeah. And the 2000s was Murray the Manager from Flight of the Concords. Oh, yeah. So I've gotten a Murray reference to me every decade since I was. It's on a great the character name. You know. I've met maybe four of the Murrays in my life. Really? Mm-hmm. You're my first, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what that's sweet. I'm honored. Murray the K. Or Murray, I was just thinking. Oh, well, you know what? K. I guess we can go back to the 50s now. Because Murray the K was yeah. uh, a DJ in the 50s. Yeah. And the 60s. And the 60s? He boosted the Beatles when they first came uh, to New York. Also, coined. No, or is that Alan Freed? Who coined rock, the term rock and roll? Alan, uh, Freed? Alan Freed, I think. Okay. Who's yeah. the one who got busted for. Uh, Paola? Paola. Alan Freed. Alan Freed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, everybody was doing it, but they held him. Yeah. Dick Clark got off scot free. Yeah, yeah. Because he was, he was you know, Dick Clark. looking Christian. And Alan Freed, <laughs> the Jewish guy, got screwed. But, you know, it's no big deal. Freed was Jewish? I believe so, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you're putting me on. Before we wrap up, um, first of all, any other story you wanted to tell? that? Uh, you got all of them. All uh, right, sweet. And I loved every one of and them. And that took 25 years to get <laughs> Jim? I got uh, a million more. Yeah. Right. Anyone that you're burning, what do they say in the AA Tell burnings? the time you were heckled in the high school. Oh, El Cerrito High School. Yeah, yeah, you bombed in El Cerrito. Where uh, La- Credence Clearwater uh, graduated from. Yeah, there was, for some reason, there was a gig at this high school. It was a prom night, or the, the graduating night. Okay. And Barry and I are up on stage. <laughs> prom and, night. And, uh, yeah. And they wouldn't shut up, and they kept pulling on Barry's shoes, <laughs> untying his shoes, or just pulling him off. Just the pulling, trying to pull off his because they liked his kicks or something. <laughs> and so I just, you know, Barry just spent the whole time. We didn't even know what the other one was saying because I wasn't paying attention to Barry, and Barry right. was saying trying to go on with the act, and I was just uh, yelling at the crowd. You were yelling at the crowd. Jim <laughs> snapped. As he sometimes does. You youngsters aren't going to make it. <laughs> You're losers. Give up your dreams now. You're doomed. Bunch of delinquents. You're not going to be able to afford student loans. Wow. Who would book a... That's the second prom story I've had on here, and none of them have gone well. Oh, like who sure would book a, would. Who would book stand-ups for a prom? All you want to do is, is a comedy get drunk, get high, and score. Right? Absolutely, yeah. I think have Bruce, a baby, whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. I oh, I need a free Bruce, dinner. Right. Free Steve, dinner. huh? Mm-hmm. Bruce Cherry had something to do with booking that gig, I think. Oh, really? Bruce Cherry? 
Yeah, it's a very funny comic oh, okay. uh, who lives in New York now. Uh-huh. He was a San Francisco comic. Right? He wrote for uh, Air America along with yeah. me and oh, yeah. Barry and uh, mm-hmm. some other comics. Oh, that's right. Oh, you worked on Mark Maron's yes. show for a while, right? Right. And you both work on Jimmy Dores. Yes. Is that yes. my correct? Yeah, Jimmy Dores. I would have known yes. that. I would have had Dore Jimmy show. back on again because I haven't had Jimmy on in a while. He's done it like yeah. three or four times. Whatever. I love Jimmy. I saw I was telling Steve this before the show I, I was working across the street from him in Vegas so I had Brian Regan on my podcast and him and Jimmy go way back so we all went and hung out and drank till 5.30 in the morning wow. it was great I bet I never do that anymore I felt it for like three days <laughs> just, yeah, that's nice that's yeah it was nice fun thing. it was a fun night it was good to see Jimmy I always like seeing Jimmy yeah. and you guys also both wrote for, as we said earlier for the Daily Show yes we wrote for the Daily Show yes. how was right. that fun uh, it was fun most of the time, and yeah. then later on, it wasn't so much fun. And then somebody uh, took over. Somebody took over the show. Oh, you mean John Stewart? Yes, <laughs> him too. Yes, I was there too. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, John uh, Stewart uh, kind of made things yeah uh, very unbearable for a lot of people. The yeah. timing was kind of bad for me because right after I left, they started winning Emmys. Like right. the next day, they started winning <laughs> Emmys, Peabody Awards. They were giving free dinners. Yeah. It was, you just missed it. it. Was, no, but that was, that was too bad for me. Jim, Jim got an Emmy. Oh, he you was did? at the tail end of that. You got and the- a Peabody, yeah. I got the Emmy and Peabody. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, t- <laughs> I was the only one from the show at the Emmy Awards ceremony. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you're in town, or um, no? I, I flew. I flew. It was right after nine eleven, oh. so nobody flew to L A. And Jim wanted to go up on stage and accept the award, and he had a little speech prepared. But John Stewart would not let you. Correct? That is absolutely correct. Yes, I made John sure. Stewart- I- I made sure with the Emmy people before I went. I said, you know, Mr. Stewart and the executive producer or whatever don't want uh, me going, me to be there or to go up uh-huh. uh, if if the show wins. And the Emmy people said, well, that's ridiculous. They got very mad. Right. They said, this is our show. You know, you win. You're the only one there representing your show. You can go up and take your your award. So I go there. I sit in the, in the audience right behind the Chris Rock people. And, uh, and then somebody comes uh, from uh, the Emmy, uh, official Emmy, and, and they tell me, uh, look, uh, if you win, you can't go up on stage. We're very, very sorry about this, but uh, we're not going to let you go up on stage. Uh, and then a th- second person comes up, a little more apologetic, but says, look, for sure, you aren't going up. And I ask, well, who told you this? And the, uh, well, the executive producers at uh, John Stewart. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, I already talked to the Emmy people about this. Well, we're the, diff- we're the ones putting on the show right now. And <laughs> you can't. So, and then a third person comes up <laughs> about 20 minutes later. It's still sitting in the audience waiting for the damn show to begin. Right? You're not even, the show hasn't even started. <laughs> no, it has not. <laughs> a third person comes up and says, and points to a security guard at... <laughs> Who's stationed uh, uh, nearby. The, on the stage. On the stage. <laughs> you see that guy there? If you even get up out of your seat, if you guys win, he will come and take you away. He will keep you from... <laughs> wow. Yeah. All on orders from John Stewart. Wow. Mm. Now, I... And we won. And we won that night. And who accepted for you? Nobody. Chris Rock? Right? No, not Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> Just the presenter, Ernest Borgnine. No, it was it was uh, oh who was it, the black comic who's famous for being very very white bread. <laughs> I hate to put it that way. Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. <laughs> Wayne Brady. <laughs> you called it. I did. Sorry. <laughs> Wayne Brady. Ex- well, no one uh, accepting on behalf. No one from the Daily Show is here, and I'm going ah! raising your hand. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. So would you say your time with John Stewart was pleasant? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Because it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Uh, he was. He's not a very personable person. And he hasn't treated the writers very well. Although few of them will say that publicly, but he mm-hmm. has not treated his writers well. Uh, the place was non-union up until a few years ago. I was on the organizing committee at the Writers Guild. Really? For, to organize those Comedy Central shows. Good for you. When when I was still working there, we were told in un, no uncertain terms that if you even call up or associate with anybody at the WGA, you're going to get fired. Which is illegal. Highly illegal. Yeah. But 
How, how, I mean, did he come in being that way? I'm trying to be nice. I know you guys want to dish on He this. was ingratiating. <laughs> uh, he was, he was, he was ingratiating generally when he came in because he was learning the show mm -hmm. and he was smart enough to be observant and see how the show was run. And I was saying before, he uh, didn't bear down too heavily on content. He kind of let the writers continue to kind of drive the content for a few months. But as he learned how things were done, he, he took control, which, I guess he had a right to do as a co-EP. Sure. Um, but, um, yeah, it. but he became a bully, and he uh, berated the writers. I remember him screaming at the writers yeah. uh, numerous times, uh, calling us, what, Ten. motherfuckers and losers and things like 11 that. Eleven-headed monster. When we, you weren't yeah. there, when, but when we got nominated for an Emmy, you know, he, we hear, oh, John wants us in for a meeting in the writer's room in the office and so oh well that means that's good we got nominated sure. maybe it's, it's like a congratulatory uh, mm -hmm. session or something you know like a, a boss would do right like a pep talk yeah it's like mm -hmm. good work guys you want that you want your employees to feel good about working sure so he goes in there in the and he says uh, well i'm sure you all heard about the uh, emmy nomination i just want to tell you everybody here there's no such thing as a first draft emmy now go I don't even know what that means. That means that means that uh, everything you d produce here, I have to work oh, over. Right. And, and it's not you it's that's not earning you, the Emmy. It's, it's me. me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's why, even though there are thirteen writers on the show, right? I I produce the whole show. Right. So he doesn't need thirteen writers. Yet he pays thirteen writers. Right. That's weird. Yeah. I've heard. Uh, I've heard under. I've heard, I've heard stories <laughs> about John. I've, should, I've never worked for him, so you should have uh, Dave Feldman on. I've been trying to get David Feldman. I've been trying to get David Feldman on. We've been kind of going back and forth because yeah. he produced the show. He was he a worked on the Daily Show briefly. Okay, okay. Yeah. I told him not was, to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told him not to, to take the job. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, that bad, huh? Yes, and it ended yeah. up that bad. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, it's like it's John's show, yeah, and you cannot disagree with him. I think, uh, you know. Uh, All right. You know. Well, how about one horror story from the Daily Show before we get out of here? Mm. If that those weren't enough. Well, <laughs> well this is uh, this well, is something the, that the last and I don't want writer. you. I don't want you to tell anything you're not comfortable telling. No. The reason I don't preach, I don't say what I've heard about John Stewart is because it didn't happen to me. I'm hearing it secondhand. Yeah. So I never, you know. What's he going to do? Not hire us? <laughs> I think he's blacklisted us for a few things. Yeah. He mentioned you like recently. Oh, and it's been yeah. years. What? And he mentioned Jim. Jim is still on his mind. Really? <laughs> this is what I'm proudest of. <laughs> One of the writers who was uh, integral in, in, in getting uh, the WGA on his ass finally uh, -huh. uh he left shortly after doing that after it went union i guess that he tells me uh there there was a writers meeting maybe a few months before he left uh and he started sc screaming at the writers again all of them knew none of them knew who i was right except he and one other writer who's been there since the be beginning and uh it was something like, and if you don't like it, the way things are around here, you can go join the ghost of Jim Earl. <laughs> <laughs> like years after you were dumped. Like, years. Uh, I'm sure everybody's going, who's Jim Earl? <laughs> who, who, who's this Jim Earl? <laughs> He's obsessed with you, Jim. I'm proud of that. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Well, guys, I want to thank you for making the trek across town today to come oh, and sure. do this. Fun. This was thank really you. a lot of fun. I've been uh, I've been trying to get you, Jim, for a while, man. So oh, you have? Wow. Yeah, look at your Facebook messages. Jeez. I'm <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> I got to look at those. Um, anything we can plug? I know you guys are working yeah. on. Uh, Where we Jim have our show. podcast. Oh, and your podcast, of course. Uh, Thirty minutes of crap. Mm-hmm. It's on uh, radioactivebroadcasting.net, but you can just Google 30 Minutes of Crap and awesome. it'll probably come up. Yeah. And uh, it's a totally different thing we're doing. It's uh, kind of a free-form experimental oh, uh, great. thing. And we live up to it. <laughs> it really is crap. <laughs> good. I, need I mean another, that in a good way. I need another podcast for the road, so that's mm -hmm. great. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. and, and Jimmy Dore Show, obviously. Jimmy Dore Show, Jimmy yeah, Dore that's show. on uh, 
uh, radio too. Okay. KPFK. KPFK here. Fridays at 3 p.m. But it's also on uh, JimmyDoreComedy.com. Is it at three that. now? It used to be at like 10 or 11, didn't it? I think they moved it. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. it's been on three for it's 3 p.m. Fridays for, uh, oh, well, for a while. Oh, this is a while ago. When yeah. I was listening. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anything else, Jim? Plug That's was? it for for me. I'll be cleaning my apartment <laughs> today. Yeah, I got oh, nothing. Oh, okay, I got great. Nothing going on. Uh, guys, thanks so much. Um, Thank you. Uh, I will be at the New York Podcast Festival in January. Um, so uh, get tickets there. You can get them. I think they're on sale right now for like five bucks or something. So hop on that, and I'll be at the San Francisco Sketch Fest with this show also. Uh, coming up in San Francisco and then dates and stuff are on my website for the new year which I'm booking now t-shirts you guys can go home with a t-shirt today what? oh great holy what? moly yeah you really raked it in uh, they're on sale at the store we got new ones you guys are getting the classic the classic oh, ones you. we got the new design up there check it out it's awesome and uh, that's it where are we at what's the date today the 16th is that when yes. we recorded this so I got a couple more before the end of the year alright so um I'll probably go down New Year's, but I will I will at least do one or two more before the end of the year. So um, that's it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate Thank it. You, All right, Thank you, Mark. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great at bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front making out for your set. And middle acts doing blow more missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.